This is your station manager, Tucker Sterling Jensen, and I'd like to welcome you to Back of House, Radio 5 Watt's very first interview series and podcast. This series is an opportunity for our founder and fearless leader, Mr. Caleb Garn, to sit down and chat with the Twin Cities musicians he holds in the highest regard. In this episode, Caleb sits down with Blair Krevnik, arguably one of the finest and most diverse guitar players in the Twin Cities. He's played with a wide array of local artists, including Sonny Nat and the Lakers, The Dollies, Mick Sterling, Nick Hensley, Graham Bramblett, Joe Carey, Johanna Matthews, and many, many more. Blair is a good friend of mine, and I can personally attest that there's no tune that he can't handle, and he consistently raises the bar of whatever group he's in. This is Caleb's conversation with Blair Krevnik on Back of House, from Radio 5 Watt, unilaterally raising the bar. recording today at the 5 Watt Coffee Shop, Northeast Minneapolis, Beltrami neighborhood. So you'll hear a lot of ruckus in the background. That is uh, the sounds of a American coffee shop. Uh, today, uh, for my interview, I have uh, one of my personal local musical heroes, uh, which he's going to deny and be all sheepish about, but that's fine. Uh, Mr. Blair Krevenek, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, so this series, Blair, uh, it, the the intent here is to interview a lot of guys that uh, are of my era in the local scene, and, and folks that I love and respect, and think uh, I personally think have a lot to offer the younger musicians that are coming up. Right and uh, trying to make their way through this crazy industry that we call uh, the music business. Um, but more importantly, the, the local Minneapolis music scene, what it was, what it is, and what it, what it should be. Right. So, uh, yeah. How I Know You. Uh, share with our audience the first time you met me, if you recall. It would have been a Stuke and the Jukes gig. I believe we played one or two together. Yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> I'm not going to remember what year that was, but yeah. I met you as a bass player first. Yeah. Stuke and the Jukes. Stuke and the uh, Jukes. Josh Stuckey. Uh, fun, local, rollicking, crazy band. Uh, great songwriter, that Awesome fella. songwriter. Yeah. Um, I had the uh, pleasure of producing an album, two albums for him. And I had the pleasure of having Blair play guitar uh, on a lot of those recordings. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I recall, I think, first time I might have met you was at the rehearsal space we had uh, at that time at Profile, um, where you and Jordan and Andy Mark were doing some trio stuff. Yeah, we were playing with the band Sad Method at that time. Uh, with Brandon Hess as a vocalist, and yeah, that kind of overlapped into the Stuke times, and then you know Nick Salisbury, the bass player, was around for a lot of that too. We were just starting to perform with our trio, and right on. There was a lot going on at that time. How long? When did you start playing guitar? Uh, about ten years old. I received a guitar for a birthday present at the age of nine. Electric, electric Acoustic? guitar, a Sears. Uh, I believe it was a Harmony at the time, oh, catalog wow. guitar. And uh, upon receiving this gift, realized that I did not know how to play it and was bummed out. <laughs> and 
it turned me off completely, so I just kind of sat on it for a year until I had guitar lessons. Okay, so, so you took local guitar lessons? Local guitar lessons, Highland yeah. Park? Uh, yeah, over in, yeah, Highland Park. It was a place called the Studio Grand, where actually Averill Box's father used to teach at as well. No way! Which we just tied that together, and it was kind of a awesome revelation. We should, uh, we should share with the audience that Averill is your girlfriend. Yes, yep. Uh, amazing local singer-songwriter. Wonderful, yep. Uh, talented gal who I love dearly as well. Uh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's that was a really neat story. Cool. Like, was he teaching... Trumpet? He, was, he was teaching trumpet there okay. and actually I, he may have even came in a little bit after i was taking lessons there but he was there in the early part of the studio they had moved over to another location in saint paul and around that time i discovered newt capay of saint paul and teamed up with uh, a guitar instructor that i loved and uh still cherish to this day so oh nice yeah what's the name of that uh individual that was scott yoho who was in the auto body experience i and, know scott uh, yoho i've recorded scott yoho incredible guitar player yeah that's amazing yep and uh he's in colorado now i think i think he's still playing a little bit of music but yeah he did a lot of uh very cool stuff back in the day sessions and had that band which i loved yeah the auto body experience i believe was their maybe third album uh it had a song about getting a home science kit for kids to learn all about science I forget the name oh, of the tune. Shoot. Not Seedless Hydroponic Cucumber? <laughs> no. It wasn't Then that. I don't know. Yeah, I remember that by name. That's about the only one I remember by name. Scott Yuho. Yoho. Yep. Yeah, he was awesome. That was... I remember he had a, he had a fellow in his band, I think, that played keys that was blind. I don't remember that. Because he had a... The band kind of switched around right. personnel quite a bit. Um, it was sort of a jam band, but sort of not... It was sort of Frank Zappa, but sort of not. I thought there was lots of Frank Zappa, and I'm not even a huge Zappa fan, but right. I detected a lot of that in the music and just smart, smart pop writing. I saw awesome. them play one gig at Caboose, yep. and this gentleman who was in their band that was blind jumped off the stage. Wow. On purpose. <laughs> and it blew my mind. He, and it was like he just you know, took a step and just boom, yeah, and then he went straight to the bar. And was upright the whole time yeah didn't fall didn't yeah it was amazing i was like holy crap wow (laughs) funny that's awesome um so you started playing guitar when you were 11 technically roughly 10 10 and a half (laughs) and do you remember the first moment or or i i have this belief that every musician has that moment that is like, oh, music is going to be a big part of my life. Yes, and that was probably like discovering a pentatonic scale via Scott and playing with some of my friends at the time and realizing what lead guitar was and how you approach that and could create leads with this wonderful scale, which I still use a lot to this day. The pentatonic scale? Yeah, that was a, that was a big deal, and that's when I kind of got all the way into it and there was no stopping it then nice um you currently uh play with a lot of folks yep broke down dollies broke down dollies regular dollies regular dollies (laughs) (laughs) who are the dollies give them a plug kari shaw megan shaw and johanna john um three wonderful singers in town that uh they started a band based on 
the Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, um, Linda Ronstadt trio album. They used nice. to cover a bunch of tunes off of that, and that evolved into more old-style country covers. And they uh, they do the traditional thing very well, three-part harmonies. It's about my favorite thing that I do right now. I Fantastic. Yeah, I love that band. Uh, who else are you playing with? Anybody you want to give a shout-out? Uh, we just did a CD release with Johanna Matthews, which was awesome. I'm a big fan of Johanna and have been since I met her over at Plums years ago. Yeah, that was a cool show. That was fun. Um, Graham Bramlett, Peter Lochner. Uh, who else? Who am I forgetting? Nick Hensley. We play with Hensley quite a bit. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So to give uh, our listening audience a a little more insight as to who I think you are in our musical community Uh, everybody talks about first call second call kind of guys Um, and as a former studio owner and producer you were always my first call guitar player I'm sure you are that for a lot of other folks in in some circles yes but I think we come from such a diverse, awesome music scene here that, if you know, a lot of people can take that position really quick. So you got to make sure you keep practicing and keep on your game. Share with, yeah, tell us more about that. Expound. How, Expound on the, the scene here? and On the scene, and how, how do you get to the position that you've arrived at? I think it's a lot of practice and dedication and trying to span genres and play everything you can yeah you know obviously what you care about and what is satiating to play but play many styles and sure wear that hat well you know try and play everything like it's supposed to be played do you have a favorite style because everything i've ever thrown at you, you you crush but what if if, if blair krivenek gets to just sit down and play whatever he wants to play what are you gonna do probably it's gonna be more jazz leaning or country because that's what I tend to practice the most. Uh, jazz, jazz theory, I, I think that spans every genre. It informs your guitar playing where you can really play over any any sort of genre and yeah. hopefully anything that's thrown at you. Who's your biggest influence in, in the j- jazz world? Oh, that changes every day, but people like Jim Hall, I love Jim Hall, who played with Sonny Rollins and did his own groups, um, played with Bill Evans. It, that it's just brilliant it's still guitar playing that floors me every time i hear it what about country country uh roy nichols uh danny gatton boy who am i forgetting (laughs) buck owens don rich you know that that stuff when that guitar playing was dangerous back in the day i think that's a lost art too I think that needs to come back. How do you think that stuff holds up to, like, some of the modern slingers like Vince Gill? or Vince Gill is scary. I think he's an informed guitar player. and Yeah. Yeah. He's those, lethal. Yep. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've only watched limited videos of him playing, playing guitar, but when that guy's digging in, it's no joke. Right. And he harkens back to that era of, like, a killer player, dangerous player. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Back of House. I'm your host, Caleb Garn. We are recording this episode of BOH at uh, 5 Watt Coffee 
in northeast Minneapolis, the Beltrami neighborhood. I'm sitting here with a, a good friend of mine, Blair Krivenek, who is a local music hero. Uh, and he's changing lives and culture every time he walks onto the stage, whether it be a Gibson SG or a Telecaster. Let's let's geek out on gear for a minute. All right, love to. You and I have a long history of talking about gear, yep. and uh, uh, my memories of recording you specifically were that I used to have to sneak in the effects. Yes. And, yep. and I couldn't tell you <laughs> if I was doing it. And I desperately tried to make sure you never found out if I was doing it. These, I'm guessing, were plug-in effects? Or, uh, yeah. uh, well, you know, I had, that, I had that three-way box. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yep. I, would always give you, I would always ask you to set up two amps two, the way yep. that you liked it. Yep. And then I would take a third line and I would move it. I would do whatever I wanted with it. <laughs> Sometimes those were in the computer. Sometimes those were out to yep. some outboard effects processing or whatever it was. Right. But, yeah. Uh, where do you stand on gear today? It's a lot lighter these days. <laughs> a lot smaller amps, which I, I really love small amps. I think they're magical. Would you say that 5-watt amplifiers are the greatest in the world? Uh, yes. 5-watt <laughs> amplifiers are... <laughs> No joke. I mean, that's they can sound like a Marshall stack right. when mic'd right and when played right. All right. So you, your go-to amp is still a Victoria. Yep, that's a little. It's a basically a Fender Deluxe circuit, 12 watt, really simple volume and tone control, and uh, oftentimes I'll run like a little reverb outboard into that, and that's that's is about that a it. Pedal? That's a. Uh, it's kind of a pedal, yeah. Actually, a Van Amps reverb unit made in town in Minneapolis. Oh. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, uh, it's yeah, a yeah. spring reverb analog unit. Mm. Nice. Just kind of wakes That's up. just like having a tank in the amp, right? A little bit, yeah. But it's in, so it's preamp-wise, it's before your tone stack and that. So maybe a little different sound, but it's cool. Wakes up the amp a little bit. It's not such a sterile sound. Right, right, right. Main Axe is a Relic Telecaster. Yep, it's still that. Uh, it's a 1954 reissue Telecaster that I bought a long time ago now. That's Yeah, it's been 15 years? Yeah, probably 15 years, maybe even longer than that now. Wow. Um, I love that guitar. It's got certain quirks that I still try and work out, but it's. Uh, I feel like I know the instrument and I know the sweet spots of it. And, so it's my go-to. Yeah. Well, to me, Blair, Krivenek, and Telecaster are synonymous. They they exist like peas and carrots. Uh, and you know, you know that. I'm always giving you a hard time when I see you play Gibson or something else. Um, if you had, if you could, if you, if money were no object and you yep. could go get any guitar you wanted right now, what would it be? I think I'm covered. I really do. Because, I, you know, I... I think getting into too many instruments, having too many options can be confusing. Sure. Uh, whether leaving the house to go do a gig or a studio session, I think it's nice to have a couple of the pivotal instruments that, that you know. You got a Fender, you got, you got a Gibson. A Fender, Gibson, and, you know. Kind of covers it. That'll cover it, yeah. Uh, what about amplifiers? That Victoria is my go-to for pretty much everything. Yeah, and you know different studios. You get in. It's fun if someone has a nice collection of amps. It's fun to plug into the old stuff. And right. 
The Victoria is 112. That's a single 12. Yep. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing amp. And uh, I think it's become that amp with the Telecaster has become the Blair Krevenick sound. Yeah, that one. It's it's the one that I trust. Like I plug into it, and it just does it usually the same thing. It's consistent. And, and right now, you don't have to find the sounds; they're just there. Fantastic. Um, what do you think? What, what's your opinion of the local scene right now? I'm always a fan and always honored to be from and involved with this scene. Uh, that being said, there's an ebb and a flow to it. And I think that you know, every 10, 15 years, something huge and pivotal will come back and right. make things explode. And then it maybe quiets down for a little bit. But we're from one of the best scenes in the world, I think. And I have a you, lot of favorites that come from here. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. One of the best scenes in the world right here in Minneapolis, oh, Minnesota. Yeah. We'll, we'll take St. Paul in that conversation. We'll say you the Twin say, Cities. Yeah, you have to take St. Paul in that. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big advocate, and it's part of the reason we created Radio 5 Watt, uh, along with um, uh, to me, it's about shining a light on all of the talent that yep. lives here. Um, both you and I have traveled the country pretty extensively. Yep. Uh, me a lot further back you've gotten to tour even the world recently yep um doing music and what one thing i've known for a long time is there is no better talent anywhere else right um and and you and i both know a lot of guys that get plucked out of this scene to go on national world tours on a regular basis yeah and that's that's been happening forever you know that predates everything i've known i mean that's people were always getting plucked out of the scene and that speak speaks volumes to what we have here and what we will hopefully always have here yeah absolutely it's a rich scene yeah so that's part of our mission is to uh the the, the mission of radio five watt literally is to to unilaterally raise the bar of the twin city music scene uh, and to me, that means shine, shine a light specifically on certain areas and yep. certain folks that are doing really amazing art and incredible work. Yep. Um, and I, I personally love being on this side of the fence where I just get to be the fan and point <laughs> and just go, that's amazing. And that's amazing. And that's amazing. Uh, without trying to live inside the fold right. and create it, uh, I just get to run around and say how great all my buddies are. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, folks, you're listening to uh, Back of House. I'm your host, Caleb Garn. Uh, Blair Krivenek, local guitar player, is my guest today. Uh, and he has so graciously come in to chat with us. Um, who would you say is your biggest local influence? Outside of Scott Yoho. <laughs> Scott's right up there. Um, probably some of the older bands, you know, the bands like The Replacements, the, you know. Did you go deep print. on The Replacements? I did, yeah. You kind of had to. Yeah. I mean, maybe, no, you didn't have to. I think I discovered The Replacements and thought they were from somewhere not here, you know. When I first heard that band, I thought really? they were just okay. an awesome, amazing rock pop band. Right. And to discover they were from here was huge. Uh, 
Scott Yoho on one of my lessons that I still have wrote for me to check out uh, Sorry Ma I Forgot to Take Out the Trash Replacements album so nice. he was in tune to that stuff those influences rub off and yeah I think music like that is so important uh, Prince <laughs> right you know I don't play much stuff like Prince but that was pivotal as a child that was groundbreaking to become aware of Prince was to realize that there was so much more to music yeah the possibilities were so much larger yeah. than you had previously conceived of. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's what I always look to um, to Prince for in in the realm of inspiration. It's just like all all the all the rules were removed. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, of course. Um, who are you listening to locally? Who currently? Yeah. Not maybe not a ton of modern stuff. Um, yeah, I still have my favorites, my local favorites, bands like the Jayhawks. You know, of sure. course, you you can't not revisit them. Uh, ah. We just got back from a road trip where we listened to a good amount of that, and nice. That's kind of forever in the CD player. Um, modern bands, Policia, I think is awesome. I think that's really really cool pop music. Um, a lot of the people that come through Plums, we see a ton of talent there, and you know, sometimes end up playing with these different people and the music scene is healthy and it's in good hands with the younger generation. Right. So constantly and consistently being exposed to new music. So nice. Uh, who, who are you aware of that you haven't played with that you would like to play with locally? Hmm. I really like what Jay Smart is doing. Jay is under. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. Man, he's a game changer. He is. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That's one of those people that just seemed fully formed from the first time I ever remember seeing him. Yeah. He, he, he had a way of kind of rattling you to your core where you're like, whoa. Yeah. First time I saw him at Plums um, was really unique. For the listeners, uh, Plums Bar at Randolph and Snelling in uh, St. Paul has one of the longest open mic nights uh, in, the, in the history of the Twin Cities. It's going 13 years now, uh, put together and hosted by a dear friend of Blair and I, uh, Nick Hensley, uh, who I'll be interviewing sometime in the near future as well, just uh, as a cat that um, has done amazing things for our local music community and culture. But anyway, at Plums, it's kind of an incubator, right? For yeah. For local folks to try out their stuff, and anybody that comes to town usually ends up stumbling through there at some yep. point. Yep. Uh, Jay Smart, uh, who's making some really cool waves locally, and I believe now nationally. I think so. I think, yeah, he's out doing it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's br- from Britain? I think so, yes. Not... I think he's African-born yep. from Great Britain. Yeah. I don't know the whole story. I'm sure Andrea Swenson's written nine articles about him. but I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, just a really interesting take yep. on, um, on a new thing. Yep. Uh, he's crushing it. Absolutely. Um, 
So if you get to write your own ticket, write your own story, mm-hmm. what is Blair Krivenek doing five years from today? Same thing. Same thing. Nice. Playing, you know, keeping my mind open, playing with the people that uh, I love to play with and the people that inspire me. What's more important to you, the people or the music? Hmm. They go hand in hand. It has to yeah. It has to be the right person. I I've not really played with unsatiating people or like unsavory people that make good music. I think it's people uh, that make good music are good people. Absolutely. I think Ian Allison has this, this analogy. I'm trying to recall, and I'm going to probably screw it up, but uh, he has this analogy where he talks about kind of the quality of a gig yep. as a three-legged stool. Mm-hmm. And you, you got the people, you got the money, and you got the music. Right. And, and you, can, you can remove one of the legs, and the gig can still work. Yep. But if you remove two of the legs, it's... It's game over. Right. <laughs> because if it, it could be great people and great music and not great money. Which is usually the case. But <laughs> <laughs> Which is that's usually okay. the case. That's okay. Uh, it could be great money and great people and terrible music, right? Right. And, and you're still probably going to take the gig and do the thing. You know, I honestly try sometimes at the expense of... <laughs> not having a lot of money to really kind of focus on good people and good music right on and the more satiating you know projects that's that's what i live for so i I would if it was me able to take a leg off the stool it would be money first sure you know it's you need it obviously we need it to make a living but it's oftentimes that doesn't go hand in hand with great music it makes for, for better art it does yeah absolutely Makes it work for art. Totally. I dig it. Um, what's the best advice you can give to a young guitar player that wants to move to the mid- move to the Twin Cities and start their career tomorrow? Be open-minded. Uh, be a good person. Be friendly. Be outgoing. I'm not really outgoing, but I think you need to be. (laughs) 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 And, yeah, just get out. You know, it's important to see music as much as you can. I still try and do that. Get out and be inspired, and you're going to be just fine. That's, yeah. One of the things we're trying to do with um, RFW here is uh, get people back out to shows. Yeah. So a friend of ours... Uh, station manager Tucker Jensen. Yes. His band Dirt Train played the grand reopening of the varsity. Yes. And I went to the show and it was fantastic. It yep. was an amazing bill. And I realized that there were only 50, 60 people in a room that holds 1,200. Yep. And it blew my mind. Yeah. Uh, varsity Theater went through its challenges. Right. Um, and reopen and it, it's one of the gems of our community for live venues uh you know you and i were from an area in the mid 90s where had you shown up at that night at yep. that venue with that bill yep. you would have waited in line outside for an hour and a half right and you maybe would have gotten in mm-hmm. 
and you maybe would have been able to buy a, de- a, a beer. Yep. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like, you know, the pendulum swings, right? Right. And we've gone all the way to one side. Do you feel like it's coming back? I do. I yeah, and I'm I'm hopeful that it will. I think there's nothing like seeing a a packed room for people to see music and to see local music. That's huge. Um, I know that from from playing in venues and you play nights where there's no one there. Hopefully, you still put on the best show you can and get through to those people that have made the time to come out there. But uh, there's nothing like seeing a packed house and people passionately supporting live music, live local music. Right on. Yeah. So we're, I, I'm hopeful that it will come back that way. Me too. We're going to have a regular segment called Live a Little. Uh, that's sort of the gig list. Okay. Uh, that will air multiple times throughout the day. Um, so that and much more to come here at Radio 5 Watt. Um, yeah. Blair, thank you so much for coming to You're hang out with welcome. me today. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, this is, uh, I love this because I get to say things that I would never normally say to my buddies. <laughs> like, you are the greatest guitar player oh, in 500 miles of this spot. Uh, I do believe that, by the way. Uh, so, folks, if you're listening and if you're um, looking for a world-class guitar player, uh, how do folks find you, Mr. Krevenek? Uh, I'm always around. You can find me usually any Sunday up at Plums. <laughs> <laughs> the most analog response right. possible. Uh, I, you've got to be on Facebook. Are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Instagram, maybe? Uh, yeah. I do have an Instagram account still set up from the Lakers days. Oh, right yeah. on, right yeah. on. Uh, I haven't been on there for two years. I think. Right on. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if you're looking for a top-notch session player, a top-notch uh, hired gun live player, uh, a top-notch uh, bazooki player, <laughs> Never <played> flugelhorn, <laughs> all of the above. Uh, no, seriously, Blair Krivenek on guitar, uh, electric is his forte. Yep. You, you do play acoustic, though. I've heard you do it. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while, I've, my acoustic is shot—the one that I have at home. But I'll pick up anyone else's acoustic, and they're fun. And go play them. a gig. Yeah, sure. Yep, I haven't mm-hmm. done that for a long time. Oh well, you know, the last time we were doing that was the Bluegrass Project with uh, Shane Akers, Pete oh. Henning playing banjo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was uh, a wild challenge. I might put together a, a show just to just to reunite that group. We could do that. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I think I speak for those guys, too. I think they'd be all over it. Oh, totally. Shane, come on. He'd do it. No, he, Pete on that banjo, too. Yeah, oh both man. those guys are no joke. The real deal. Well, thank you again for uh, being my guest today. Thank you for having um, me. Folks, go out into the the internet <laughs> and, and dig up what you can on Mr. Blair Krevenek. Uh, it'll be an education for you. I hope and pray that you get to hear him play someday <laughs> because he will blow your mind. He is one of the most tasteful guitar players in the entire Twin City region. Uh, and there's a lot of them. There's a whole lot of them. Uh, I interviewed Mike Michael just the other day, yeah. and we were talking about what an incredible guitar treasure you are. 
Uh, uh, he as well. I love Mike, and I'm consistently blown away by him and his talent. His new album is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yep. We're spinning it on uh, RFW right now. So, Well, thanks again, Blair. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was another edition of BOH Back of House. I am your host, Caleb Gunn. Thanks for joining us today, and have a wonderful day.